Hello, everybody, and welcome to Teachers in the Dungeon. I'm Tom Gross. Half of the hosting duties here. The other is Dan Ream. Hello. Hello, everybody. Can you hear how wonderful we sound? We're hoping that we sound pretty good now. <laughs> Upgrade in the studio. Thank you so much for that, Dan. We finally got a second mic that actually sounds good, uh, audio interface that actually will process two at once. We're, we're moving up. Moving up in the world indeed. <laughs> and, and I noticed you have the, uh, the sound, the sound uh, what are these called? Uh, wall dampeners. Oh, what is it? <laughs> There's I got a name these, for them. I got these from our, our school. Quick, quick uh, tangent. Our school added on a music wing a couple years ago. Right, right. And they had the sound panels for the sound deadening. And I think the ones they were using first weren't rated for fire or something for the school. So anyway, they had to take them all down <laughs> and replace them. And so they just had these panels and the band director, who's a friend of ours, yes. uh, just said, anybody wants them? And I thought, oh, I have a recording studio in my bedroom. I think mm-hmm. these could be quite useful. So I had my son help me cram them into his truck. <laughs> and I hung them up once. And then I came in here one morning and they were on top of my computer. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's why they were I leaning. Thought they, I thought there was a time when they were up. And I was, I, okay, I, I didn't know that story. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally have them hopefully fixed a little more securely on the wall. But yeah, so hopefully also it kind of cancels out echoes and things. So, so yes. what you're also saying is that now the studio is is not fire code safety. Not, well, not for a school. Yeah, okay, all right. Or <laughs> Well, okay, so for a studio, it's yes, just fine. it's just fine. Excellent, excellent. Well, we have a couple things to talk about here today. Mm-hmm. We have, we played Friday night, <laughs> and it was it was a, one of the, the best D and D sessions I've had in a very long time, and that's not a knock on any DMs or Certainly anything. Certainly laughed like that. more than oh my gosh, side splitting <laughs> pains from laughter. But but to start it all off, it was a magnificently beautiful night. Mm, yeah, down and someone said, "Who was it?" They came down. They're like, is, "What are we in the Shire now?" Or something. That was Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once again, your the space that you've created for us to play outdoors is just one of the best. I, I got some good pictures I'll put out there on social media. Oh, cool, cool. That are from sort of from the park going through your, the like the tunnel oh, that okay. goes out to the park. I got a nice picture there and I got some others from around the edges. But nice. So we started with a nice environment and atmosphere to begin with. It was also the first time in a couple sessions where everybody was there. Yeah which we haven't had, yeah, it's been a couple months. Well, I guess actually since the first time this group was played because yeah. I was missing the second time we played, then a couple others, Paul and Nate, were gone the last time we played. And so now everybody was back together. Paul had missed, Nate had missed too, I think. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so we were back together and somehow our characters really developed either over the last three sessions or just that Friday night, they really came mm-hmm. together. And I felt like everybody had a good good hold on what their characters' motivations are, how their characters even sound, mm-hmm. and and what they want to do with the rest of the group. I thought I, f- I feel like there are relationships that are be- building between characters. Mm-hmm. And it just was, it was such a great session and Chris did a magnificent job of just letting all of that happen 
while driving the story forward. Definitely a, a sandbox in the best possible way that we had. We definitely had agency in which side we chose and a feud and and then how we chose to do it. And I was I was worried to coming in and how how this was going to go down. And it we got very good dice rolls, I think, through most of the combat that made it way easier than it probably should have been. Mm-hmm. But that's he was, you know, credit to Chris for letting that stand and not thinking, oh no, I have to throw three more monsters at him, you know. Right. But that was so that was very exciting, fun to to play and to feel the success of, oh, we had a plan and it well, we we cobbled together a plan yep. and it worked and and all of that. But we did have Oh man. We did have a casualty. <laughs> we did. We did. Paul's Minotaur, and I don't have his name in front of me. Ragdar. Brazdar. Brazdar. Yeah. He <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even sure what happened. Well, he no, he said what he knew what happened. He charged into melee while he only had three hit points after being smacked around by... <laughs> he had three left. Yeah, he only had three left when he charged into that. But that's what, I but mean, that's a Minotaur, what a Minotaur yeah. Barbarian would do. He was raging, and and I, I feel like he played it to the T. And he went down. None of, and this is the group that is the chaotic group. We're all creatures. I'm a goblin. You're a hobgoblin. There's a bugbear. He's a minotaur. We have a half elf, half drow, and a half drow, yeah. and something like, yeah. And, but no spellcasters whatsoever. <laughs> We'd already drained our three healing potions that, that Chris had given us very graciously, <laughs> uh, or the wizard, I suppose. The wizard yeah. gave us all of his healing potions before we went into this. And, he charged in three hit points, got knocked down, and that was right before the battle ended. I I had peppered a couple of arrows into that apprentice wizard, and he had gotten hidden on that. I think he was pretty bloodied, but he just got a final blow on Brazdar, and Brazdar goes down, and then I spent the next round shooting and and killing the the apprentice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. But and I think people forgot that he was down. I think we forgot, but that just fits a group of chaotic monsters. Yes. It was so perfect. We we kind of just sank into our roles. The battle ended, and my thought was, oh, I haven't checked out the armor yet. I'm going to do that. Yep. And yep. I even started walking away to yeah. follow you. And Chris, because someone, I think it was you, said, are we still in, in initiative? And Chris goes, well... There's still death saves to be done, so yeah, we're still in initiative, and that was when we all kind of wait a minute, what? <laughs> and Paul, I think, was had one one of each at yes. that moment. Yes. And so then I charged back because I have a plus two medicine, which isn't technically a healing or stabilizing. Oh no, it skill. is. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. You, it just that's the whole thing. If you have a medicine, if I understand it correctly, if you have a medical kit. Uh, healing Which kit. We you, don't. But if you if you did, you could use a use of it, and it's automatic stabilizing. Got it. Okay. Otherwise, you have to roll, which is okay. what you did. So that's what I did with advantage because you had some help. Yes. Well, <laughs> the first time around, it was we did it solo. So yeah. I tried healing and epically failed. And there was a I don't know. There was a great moment of role play. I okay. I shouldn't say great. It was it was my mem- moment of role play. I let you guys decide whether it was great or not. But I remember <laughs> the role happened. I was like, oh my gosh. Well, I'm guessing that as I was trying to suture up this, I'm licking the needle and like sticking it through the skin and <laughs> all this awful thing. And then and then I forget who else was there that tried to do a medical. I think it was uh, it was it was um, Brian's 
character. No, I think it was no? Zor. He was the only one with you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's Marcus, Mark's character, the yeah, bugbear, bug who is bear, not that's right. hyper-intelligent. <laughs> he came over and he had a bad role. And so then Paul rolled second death save. Uh-huh. Like, okay, 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 okay. So, so what if what if Zor helps Gnut do a medicine roll? Could I get advantage? And Chris is like, I'll let that happen, give you advantage. Doing everything as a DM to make sure we don't lose a character. <laughs> and I rolled with advantage. I rolled a nine and a four. Nope. I did. And it just, the image pops in my head of your tiny little goblin astride this giant minotaur. We're losing him. We're losing him. <laughs> <laughs> and and we're making it sound like it's really like a serious moment. No, we were, we every roll brought another level of like hilarity and laughter and my sides hurt so bad. I was laughing so hard. Mm. And so then I rolled the, the advantage fail and we were just like rolling and we were rolling, not the <laughs> dice. And, and so Paul's roll came and he rolled, I mean, he rolled an epically low. It wasn't a one, but it was like a three or a four. Yeah. And he's dead. But the but the odd thing is, is we all burst into laughter. <laughs> and I say, I think the best line was, well, at least we have steak. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Minutes are steak for dinner. <laughs> As a chaotic group, I think, you know, we handled that pretty well. And, you know, the person that handled it the best was Paul. Yes. He's yeah. like, you know what? We had every chance in the world. He said, I charged in with three hit points. He said, there's a lot of places that this that we could have, like, salvaged this. And the roles just didn't go our way. And in a couple cases, decisions didn't go our way. So it is what it is. And so we lost our Minotaur. He's already, he spent the rest of the night. Well, there was that one moment where he kind of walked back on the other (laughs) side of the fire fire pit. And so he's sitting about 15 feet from us over sort of in the shadows and he his his elbows were on his knees and he's just, just I think he was down. looking at his I think he was looking at his phone but but we look over and it just looks so pathetic. <laughs> 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 Poor Paul. But no he's he was already uh thinking about what he wanted to uh do and so I think it's it, he's just fine with it but, but yeah it was it was a great session fun session and uh Good laughs, good friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just all, it was something we all needed on a Friday night. Yes. On a beautiful Friday night. So, all right. Totally. That's our most recent D&D adventure. But you and I have both started two online adventures individually. Mm-hmm. So you're DMing one group for a group of people. And I'm DMing another group with a group of people. And somewhat notable players, yes. I would say. Yeah. So let's talk about yours today, and then in a following episode, we can talk about mine. Okay. So, Dan, let's start with yours. First of all, where let's talk about where this is set first. So this is set in the homebrew world that Telesaria and Slight and the rest are. This particular adventure takes place in um, the, the Dragon Isles. Not a super original name. But I thought, Dungeons and Dragons, somewhere in my world, there need Got to be dragons. Dragon. Yep. So geographically, this is south and a little bit west of Slint. The The adventure does, that's that's where it's going to be set. Okay, Dragon Isles, I, that's perfectly fine with me. <laughs> Originality doesn't matter. I know what to expect when I go to the Dragon Isles, I think. <laughs> so who are the players that are part of so, your adventure? So this is this is what 
<laughs> it's another wonderful thing this game does for us is you get to yes. meet so many cool people and and they become friends rather than just acquaintances real quickly over a D&D game. Yes. And so year and a half year and a half ago, I think or just a year ago, you and I yeah, I guess it's about a year ago, you about and I interviewed Alan Morris, yes. the artist that that I came across at Gen Con previous year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talk to him about his, as we always do, you always do a good job of asking about the, you know, just the RPG story. And he had bemoaned the fact that he was no longer playing D&D because it just got too hectic with friends around the country that moved and couldn't do it. You know, doing it on, finding a time online was difficult right. and all that. So I just threw out, hey, I'll run a game for you. Yep. And I mean, he doesn't know us from Adam at the point, <laughs> at that point. <laughs> And so I didn't think much of it, but we stayed in contact. Yes. I just like, I mean, he's an awesome guy. He's a nice interview. guy. Yep. So I just, I just kind of kept contact over the year and then saw him again at Gen Con this past year mm-hmm. and he brought it up and I, I thought, well, now I got to do it if, you know, if you're asking. So I said, yeah, I'll, I can find a couple guys. If you're in, if you want to try it, I will DM. So I got, Mark was available mm-hmm. to, to play and you're, I mean, obviously you'd be first choice, but you are swamped with this other game that we're going to yeah, talk about yep, yep. eventually. So our buddy Jared, who helped us out with summer camp, yes, I figured he would be in. He is, he's a, he would fit, I think, in the Joe Manganello or Manganello, Manganello uh, mold. Mm-hmm. He was a high school athlete. D&D nerd stuff should be the farthest from him. Right. Um, but he's also an astronomer and a teacher, and he once he gets into something, he is all in, and he will jump at any chance to play D&D. Awesome. And always does a wonderful job with it. So I got him. Alan said, oh, I got a friend. So I said, cool, yeah, that'll be fine. And so he invited a friend. And then that friend who doesn't know me at all messaged me and said, hey, can I invite somebody? And I thought, <laughs> wow, oh, sure, sure. And nice. so this other person is, so Chance is the friend, and then his friend is Kez, who lives in England. So wow, we've got kind of a, right, so we've got yeah. two Illinoisans, two Mississippians, and a whatever county um, this Kez is in, mm-hmm. north of London a little mm-hmm. ways. So Kettering, whatever county, county Kettering is in, that's where he is from. So that's the group. Okay. What do they, so what, what is the makeup of the campaign? So we've got, we have a um, half-elf paladin uh, of the goddess Joaquin, who is the god of merchants and money. Okay. Which at first, I, I felt, this was Alan's character, in my world, that would have made sense. That's one of the gods that's a little more active or it has temples. Okay. And it, I'll give him credit. First, he was like, oh, I'm not seeing it. But then he thought, and he's like, okay, cool. No, I can do this. So he's playing his paladin as a grumpy insurance collector, essentially, that, <laughs> um, always looking for the dollars and cents. Nice. So that's nice. that's fun. And his friend Chance is playing an Aracocra wizard. Um, oh, yeah, the other thing about Alan's character is he is on the hunt for an arsonist. Oh. And his friend Chance, the Aracocra wizard named Quackle, is the accidental arsonist. Okay. But Paladin doesn't know that. So we'll see if that ever comes to light and okay. how they deal with that. But Chance is 
really cool guy. And I didn't, I didn't realize until end of the second session, this is the first time he's ever played. He, oh. he, I thought he was an, uh, an avid player because he immediately assumed a character voice for Quackle and ends every sentence with cheap. Nice, nice. <laughs> and so he is he is pretty fun. <laughs> Love it. And then Kez, the British guy's playing a a grumpy dragonborn rogue. Okay. And uh, then Jared is a tiefling hexblades warlock, and Mark is playing it just a very cheerful, I just want to help, gnome wizard. Nice. So we have okay. two wizards, a warlock, a rogue, and a paladin. I have to ask, is the Okay, so I have a picture of what this looks like. The dragonborn rogue. Is it like a bull in the china shop kind of rogue, or is he pretty no, uh, a t- uh, proficient? He took the noble background. Oh. And so he is very prickly about his honor and very quick to to distrust and be angry. Nice. And, the, and the paladin is a little bit like that too, so they both tend to get okay. very very brusque with NPCs, which right. might end up biting him. We'll see. Okay. Very good. And this this campaign is set up as a just sort of, I guess, infinite possibility. There's no, like, limitation on how many sessions you're trying to play or anything no. like that. It's very no. open. Yes. Okay. So what is, so we know it's in Telesaria. Yeah. We know the players. We know the characters. What is the adventure Basically, what's the summary of what they're trying to do? So I always kind of start in the middle of things, I feel like, when I, I build. I think of an like a, a scene or something that I want to happen. So I knew I wanted to throw them off kilter as quickly as I could. So, I, And I knew where I wanted them to end up, but I needed a name for it. So the island, I just thought a neat name was Oathstone. So okay. the, the Oathstone is the island where they'll be. And then I had to figure out, well, okay, why is it called that? And what's the story behind this? So that's what's building out my bigger picture, which I won't share now. But anyway, so the way they start, I didn't want to start in a tavern, but I wanted to get it going right away. Mm -hmm. So I just told them, okay, for whatever reason, you can decide what the reason is. Each of you has agreed to accept a job as a guard aboard a merchant ship. Okay. Which is a little strange going out to sea. Why would you need guards? But the story is... What the captain told him is, things just go missing when we're on the open waters. Mm-hmm. We don't really know. We just wake up in the morning and there's stuff missing from our hold. Mm-hmm. And there's just a certain patch of ocean where that seems to happen. So we think it's marrow, but we don't, we aren't sure. So anyway, we want you to patrol the ship's deck. And it's very important that you stay together. For whatever reason, individual guards have been taken repeatedly. I see. Okay. So you have to stay together. So, so they do that. Um, and they, I gave them some interaction with the, the, the first session was a lot of just role play with the sailors. Mm-hmm. I just had a variety of them on there, a triton, a sea elf, humans, um, some other folks, you know, the, the drunk sailor, the, the young, you know, impressionable sailor, the, the sassy pirate wench, you know, <laughs> and, and that sort of thing. And I made them all very believable, very upfront. I made a point of saying that the the captain or the captain is very seems very genuine. And if they'd insight check, they might have realized that wasn't the case. I see. But they didn't do that. So uh, they do they do get attacked by some marrow right out of the gate. 
which Merrill are a little strong for them, but there were a bunch of them, and they also had the help of one or two of the okay. the merchants. Yeah. So I figured that would be okay. The paladin almost went down in one shot. Oh, um, he got hit, pulled through with a harpoon, and uh, dropped all like lost all but two of his hit points in the very first round. So a good way to get things started. He was he was nervous, and again, it was funny to see. Because as a player, Alan didn't definitely didn't want to lose his character right away. Yeah. So he started by saying, well, I'm going to hide. And he's like, no, he wouldn't do that. And so he got up and, you know, protected the others and, and didn't get hit again. So it worked out in his favor. So they were, were assuming, oh, okay, so we killed the marrow. And, and I made the, the, uh, the sailors say, well, that's good. Yeah, we've, we, should be, we should have clear sailing from now on. And so then I think I had him go another couple days. And I also, I need to go back and remind him of this. Uh, I, I did the thing where if you, if you tell me a plan for self-improvement while you're on the ship, I'll let you roll and oh, yeah. maybe add to one of your skill checks. Yes. I think it's a neat um, aspect that you put into the game. So they, they didn't have a chance to do that because about two nights later, they were, they were then... Uh, patrolling, and I had them all roll a con save, but I it was super high, and they all failed. And I said, "Okay, um, you're all unconscious." Hmm. And to their credit, you know, I I could see players go, "What? Why? No, I should," you know. But they were they just said, "Oh, okay," and I said, "You awaken. You have your hands. You are hogtied. You've got your hands. Your." Uh, wrists tied together behind your back, a rope from your wrists to your ankles tied together. Uh, you are in your underwear. You are blindfolded on the ground. And that's where we ended <laughs> session one. <laughs> so I wanted to make, make it kind of a, you know, obviously kind of a, uh, um, a cliffhanger. Yeah. So the one other thing I did say then was they are, uh, they hear noises, hear voices speaking draconic mm. and you hear another there's a thump and then you feel somebody else thrown in to on the ground next to you oh okay okay they're on the ship no well they don't know that they don't know where oh, they are oh i see okay so oh so it's like time has passed from their unconsciousness they don't yeah as far as i know oh, okay and so that's so then next session opens up and the uh, the individual thrown in kind of moans and says, anybody else here? I'm bleeding out. And so they have to decide whether they're going to help him or not. So mm -hmm. the paladin inches over and is able to do lay on hands and it gives him like one hit point or something like that. He didn't give him very much, but... Yeah. Um, Enough. But yeah, he did. And so then, so that is, that guy introduced himself as Belden Fair and says... We are in a cobalt's lair, and the the dragonborn of course speaks draconic, so he's hearing. And in the meantime, I wanted to give him a chance to escape, and so I said, "Well, he hears the the cobalt's chittering about. She's loose. Oh, she ate. Oh, let's go see. Let's go see. Let's. They're such idiots. They they know they shouldn't have gotten that close to her. Let's let's go see if anybody else gets killed. And mm -hmm. you hear just noise and stuff going mm -hmm. on." So they are able to, I just, I, I set a timer for myself and told them, we're not in combat, but we are doing turn order because I have to keep track of time. 
just to let him know you're on the clock. Got it. So they had to roll dice to get free. Mm-hmm. Um, that took a little longer than I think they thought. They didn't roll real well on that. And then they then they could pull off their uh, their blindfolds and see that they're in a kind of a cave like thing, but they're in a wooden um, like a wooden cage. Um, that seems pretty sturdy, and and I wanted again. It's kind of a dumb thing. Ended up not being as cool as I wanted it to be, but I said the the door. They noticed that the door is very has a very heavy metal lock on it, but the hinges are just leather straps. Because oh. <laughs> I figured the kobolds are dumb. Yeah, not super smart. And so, but they didn't. I think I think I I probably should have given a little bit more description because. The players are like, well, leather is really tough to, you know. My thought was they would be able to kind of right. rip it or pull it or yank it or do something sure, to it. Sure. So eventually they do that. They get out, and so the NPC that's with them is a, a half elf with uh, with dark hair and kind of silvery eyes, hmm. which is supposed to be a clue, but a very subtle one. I think I pick it up. And so, so I I don't I don't know that again. My players don't tip their hand to me very often either. I'm not sure what they know and what they don't. Okay, either. gotcha. So, um, so he says, we can, get, we can get out, but there's somebody else. There's somebody else imprisoned here that I have. I think we should try to help. Oh. Um, and also we have to, get your, have to get your weapons and armor back because you're all in your underwear. And so that's, that's where they meet Jared because Jared had to miss the first session. He jumps in session two. So his character is a female tiefling warlock who's been captured as well okay nice nice way to add a player that's cool so they they go in and they rescue her and get their stuff back without too much problem um and but they're right next to sort of the gathering chamber for the the kobolds and they hear he's going to be here any minute we have to be ready he's coming we got to make sure we've got gifts for him so that's all they know and then so they've got to decide what to do and so they you know the the NPC is like, well, I, I saw the way in. I can get us out. And so I thought, oh, they'll just try to escape. Mm-hmm. The paladin's like, no, these are evil creatures. We need to just, we just need to. And and as a DM, I was like, oh, come on, guys. I, I need you to escape. But I was like, I can't do that. So the one thing I said was, had my NPC look at him and say, so, like, genocide? You're going to just kill every last one of them? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, they're evil, yeah. And so I don't think I used the word genocide. I didn't want to be that heavy-handed, but I think I said, right. so you're going to... You're just going to kill them all. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what they start to do. They And they come up with a plan where they funnel them uh, <laughs> and just um, so they can't really use their advantage. Mm-hmm. And they, they do a pretty good job. But at the very end, the warlock, the tiefling warlock, I got a crit on her. Okay, and she went down, and they don't have a lot of healing amongst them. They they've got the paladin, and that's it. Right, and and some healing potions that were helpfully in the loot chamber for them. Oh right, yep. So that was so th- so what we left off with then is that that was near the end. We have kind of a hard stop. We have a three hour session because we play on Sunday nights, and that by the time we stop, it is three thirty in the morning for the British player. Yes, and he's young, and he works from home, so. He can manage it, but that's where he, when he runs out of gas, and so that's it's nice for me too as a DM to know I need to wrap it up by sure. this spot. Sure. So the one thing that I had to kind of fudge was I'm, I'm doing milestone leveling okay. up, mm-hmm. 
and technically they they should level. I, I planned for them to level up when they escaped, but they hadn't quite escaped yet. But I, I we're going to go beyond that next session. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and said, okay, we're it's a little bit wonky, but you guys get to level up, but you have to take a rest here. Got it. A short. I'll give you. I'm, we're going to fudge the rules a little bit. Short rest, mm-hmm. and we'll let you guys pop up to level two. Okay. And so I just need to know how you're going to do this. So this, they decided that it's a pretty simple war, and there's sort of just two main passageways in an X. Okay. So they set up, and, and there are some kobolds still alive, they but they're they're thoroughly scared, and so they set up in the X, and they made a wall with all the bodies of the kobolds oh. <laughs> around themselves. So I said, okay, that works. So I left it. So that's where we left it. And so then to set up for next session, I messaged them all on Discord and said, just so you know, as you're resting, you hear some sounds and you realize two kobolds have zipped past you and run in the direction of the exit. Oh, okay. So they still don't know how they got there. Mm -hmm. Well, again, I don't know if they've picked up because I did... They, they overheard, or I think they questioned one of the kobolds, and he's like, well, you know, we just used the thing to get stuff. The thing, the thing that's outside, it's up on top of the hill. That's how we get stuff. And so that's all they, all they know. Huh, okay. The thing outside. Yes, so the kobolds don't know how it works, but it helps them get stuff. Okay. Interesting. So I've, I do have it set up. There is a key component of this so-called thing that will become kind of the MacGuffin for the entire adventure. Okay. So I've got nice. plans, but we'll see. I don't know. Should I, should I give a bigger picture? Because I don't know if we'll keep uh, doing this. I don't know. Go ahead and... I don't want you to give anything away that your players will use against you in the game, however. Well, that's true. That's true. I I shouldn't. So... I've probably already settled too much. Okay. Well, then I guess we'll have to come back. Yes, Mark, (laughs) pretend you didn't hear that. Okay. So, yes. So that is is the setup, but it, it grew with the telling. I had to figure out... I knew how... I came up with a plan of how they actually got kidnapped. Right. But then I had to figure out how would the kobolds use, how would they know to use that, and why does that work? And so that led to another whole, why is it called the Oath Stone? Okay. I've, I've got it in my head now. There's the, the bigger tapestry of this, the history of this place. As it often does for a DM. If you, yeah. kinda, if you go in with this, uh, if, for me anyway, if I go in with the light idea of how things might shake out, uh, oftentimes the players create the the adventure for me if I've got an idea to start it. Uh, oh, logistically, how are you playing online? Yes, so we're using Roll20. Okay. And we found, for the maps, and we found, I found playing online with Roll20 that if you try to use the maps, the video, and the audio, mm-hmm. it it can glitch. Yes. So we're using Discord audio. Okay. To, to just to, to communicate. I've got my camera up so they can see me, and I keep hoping the rest of them will pop up so I can actually see them. Okay. But they haven't done that yet. All right. So they're just voices out in the void for me. Okay. Um, do you, so where's the video? Video's on Roll20? 
with mm-hmm. the map. Okay, yeah. and then the audio is just through Discord. Yes. So I just disable. We disable audio on Roll Twenty. Yeah. So okay, it's a good model. I like it. All right. I, that was a great, <laughs> very mm-hmm. deta- detailed. I don't have any questions for you. Okay. It uh, it gives me an idea where you guys are headed, and based on that, to answer your question a few minutes ago. I do think that we'll probably continue these conversations about these online groups. Yes. I, I just think it's fun to talk about some of these adventures. And, uh, well, and the, to, I guess one last thing to add, the, yeah. this kind of piggybacks on our discussion with Mark Oberly that we had. Watching friendships form so quickly, we, this, this was our second session. The first one Jared was in. We got to 9.30. Our British guy had to say goodnight. Mm-hmm. And the rest of us just stayed online for another hour, just chatting. Oh, wow. Nice. And and Jared and Alan, a chance, don't know each other at all. Or, you know, and Mark only knows them through one session. Right. And it was like known each other for years, just chatting about work and, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. This is this is what the game does. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the, it's part of what makes this role-playing so powerful is it brings people together. And, and what I think is super cool, and I can't wait to talk about it on my part of uh, the next show or a show we'll have coming up soon, is that this is a connection not of people in your community. I mean, the Dungeons & Dragons community, mm-hmm. but but local, locally, geographically. This is across, for you, across, it's international. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, that is so cool, and I love that. So, well, Awesome. We will definitely repeat, uh, re revisit these. I yes, these I guess are, I've kind of left a cliffhanger. There's some mysteries that I have did, to explain. You did, you did, and my, and I know. And when we do my show, there'll be cliffhangers because we're not finished either. Well, that's that's a lot of fun. If you out there are listening and you've done some online games, uh, logistically, how do you do them? How do they work? Give us some, give us some suggestions. But then also on social media or through Gmail, we'll share your ideas on this show, mm-hmm. but uh, let us know what tools do you use for um, online games. That would be really helpful, I think, to a, a lot of people. Yeah. And help bring communities together uh, when they when, when ge- geography is a barrier, the internet helps us to fix that up. Um, if you have questions for Dan about his adventure, I, I couldn't come up with any because I thought it was really <laughs> good, but I think people may have some questions. So send those too. Yep. And also, we always, we're not very good at promoting ourselves don't forget if you're listening to us and you haven't left a review or a like please do that that would be really cool for us and help us out and get the show out there a little more yes and it just gives us encouragement as well it does it does so we're not above begging for that nope not (laughs) above begging at all so on gmail it's teachers in the dungeon at gmail.com send us send us your extended explanations and detailed descriptions and questions there otherwise on social media or on instagram and facebook Teachers in the Dungeon. We're on Twitter at Dungeon Teachers. So, Dan, until next time, keep rolling those 20s. Especially as a DM. See you, folks. That wraps up today's session. So, thank you for listening to Teachers in the Dungeon. We appreciate you and your feedback. Until the next time we see you in the dungeon, we hope you roll high on those saving throws. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear what happens in the adventure, Subscribe to the podcast. Have questions, thoughts, or ideas? Check the show notes for our website and our contact information. 
This podcast is not affiliated or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, or any other third-party Dungeons & Dragons entity. Teachers in the Dungeon is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders in the U.S. or abroad. The official Dungeons & Dragons website can be found at www.dnd.wizards.com.